2: What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts,
3: celebrities. What's up? This is Belle DeVoe. This is Chudie Idriselva. This is
2: Fantasia. This is Invo.
4: This is India Ari. Oh, much more.
5: All from a woman's
4: perspective.
3: What flavor are you,
5: baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Cafe Mocha. It's radio from a woman's perspective with Lonnie Love, Yo Yo. I'm Angelique. We've got Kim. We've got Candy Lattimore, plus we're taking you on a trip to St. Jude in Memphis to talk about all the work they're doing with Sickle Cell. Got a chance to go to the Celebration of Hope. That's a big St. Jude event. And I talked to the CFO, Kira Wright, about the St. Jude mission. Let's start with who you brought here together for this weekend.
1: Wow. We brought this weekend, Celebration of Hope is the single best event, I believe, that St. Jude puts on every year. Um, We have podcasters, artists, we have Sunday of Hope, we have entertainers, we have have everyone here that's coming out to support hope. And that's what St. Jude gives. We are a hospital that actually was built in the heart of the segregated South. And Danny Thomas had a dream and when we come together this weekend, we see representation of us. Four out of five children survive cancer because of St. Jude, but they're still at one. And we won't stop until there's no children dying of cancer. And I love to see this body of people come here together because we're showing that we represent, we're powerful. And when we unite around something that we're passionate about, we can't be stopped. So this is my most exciting weekend. She
5: said, "This body of people, and just to be clear, it is a room full of black people." She's trying to be politically, socially uh, correct here, but it's a it's a building full of black people, and this sort of charity, this sort of giving, isn't necessarily on our radar. I mean, we see in the commercials, we see black kids in the commercials, but talk about that commitment from day one to present to, to help black families. Wow.
1: Yeah. We, um, you know, I want to say one of our sayings is, cause I think people need to understand every dollar counts here. Right. And you're right. We're in a room full of black people helping to support black patients. And St. Jude, by the way, is not just a pediatric cancer hospital. We are the number one sickle cell hospital in the world. And that sickle cell program was started by our first one of our first black doctors, Dr. Rudolph Jackson, who's no longer with us. So it begins with him. And one of the things that we say is we'd rather accept one dollar from a million people than a million dollars from one and so when I think about the black families that come here they don't have to worry about travel, food, housing or the treatment. All they have to worry about is saving their child's life and I don't know how often as a, as, as a people we're used to being given something. We're not just giving hope we're giving life and one of the best part of my jobs here I mean Because I am the first black CFO here at ALSAC St. Jude, it means the world to me to be in the presence of people that are helping our families, helping our children, and we've got so many more things to do, but this is the beginning of a legacy, and I love being a part of it.
5: Can we talk a little bit about the recent research uh, related to sickle
1: cell? Well, we're we're always in the forefront of sickle cell. I mean, it's to a point where we can cure sickle cell right and I don't know if a lot of people of color us black people even know that St. Jude is available to do that we are the furthest advanced with sickle cell again it can be cured and we have started that here right here in Memphis at St. Jude so that's that's the, the, the thing I get most concerned about, right, Angelique, is, is that people don't know we're here. We're here saving lives. Sickle cell is a terrible disease that now we've made strides, and people who are living with it are living peacefully. They are living not with so much pain, and so we're going to continue to advance sickle cell. Um, but I just want people to know Memphis is here, St. Jude is here. Especially, I mean, we're a pediatric hospital, so we have to remember that. But we also make referrals. And one thing I don't think people realize is we share our protocols. So I remember one day I was sitting next to a woman who um, worked at Boston Children's Hospital, and she asked me where where I worked. And I said, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And she said, oh, you're our competition. We don't compete. We share our protocols for free. So not only is your dollar going to the kids in Memphis, the kids across the country, it's going to the kids around the world. We want everybody to live. We don't hold our protocols. We're not competing. And we pay for treatment, travel, fam- food, and food. So I don't think too much beats that. I couldn't be in a better place. And I'm starting to get a little emotional because I'm a woman of faith. And I believe that no child should die in the dawn of life. And I am a part of this. And I, I get to see the goodness of people. And I want to see more of us, not just represented as donors and supporters, but I want to see more of us knowing about St. Jude and telling that story. This is a huge legacy. I don't think people realize the black history around St. Jude. So um, I just feel blessed to be here. And if it's up to me, this will be where I retire. How do people give? oh my gosh saint Jude.org. Um, We're all over social media, but go to stjude.org, click the Donate Now button, and give. We also like when people make a commitment, so we have our partner in Hope, where you give us $19 a month, that does so much for the kids. It pays for the little red wagon that we tow them around in, in the hospital because they're too weak to walk. It helps them get toys to play with when they're going through the toughest time in their lives. I have to tell you, that when I go onto campus every day, I see so many children walking around with no hair, carrying IV poles. I see them playing, and then I see the ones that can't play yet. So please go to stjude.org, click Donate Now. Um, It could be one time, or you could become a partner in Hope and give $19 a month.
6: My name is Deborah Levi, and I represent Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated.
5: And so how much money have you helped make for St. Jude?
6: Oh, last year I made over $13,000 for my chapter, Zeta Omega Sigma Incorporated. And how'd you make that money? Just fundraising and reaching out to continued supporters and family and friends. That's where it's at.
5: And why is this important to you?
6: I can't imagine. As we just heard from Dominique, a parent of someone who lost their child from cancer it doesn't stop cancer doesn't stop but we need to support these families and give them all the support and love we can
7: it's cafe mocha lonnie love angelique and yo yo on the line is my comedy brother from another mother and he has a new novel out called Flipping Box Cars. It's released right now. Um, You can find it on HarperCollins.com, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and wherever books are sold. Oh, we just love them. Cedric, the Entertainer. How you doing, Cedric?
3: What's up, Lonnie? What up, baby? How you doing? What up, everybody?
2: (laughs) Hello, Cedric. How are you? Congratulations.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Very exciting time. Like we
7: said, congratulations on your new novel, Flipping Box Cars. Tell us about Babe. Who was he and how did he inspire flipping box cars?
3: Thank you. Very exciting story, though. This is uh, Babe was my mother's father and uh he was uh you know, my grandfather who was who had passed long before I was born. But, you know, like through, like so many of us, our connections to our families, that that idea, you look just like your daddy, you laugh like your uncle. But with these things that you have no idea how your DNA kind of runs through your body for real, I was connected to this man without ever having to ever met him. And so it just inspired me from the few stories I heard about his life to tell a more fictional tale about. I believed he was. And so that's really what motivated this novel about uh, you know, my grandfather. And
7: you who know, did you uh, believe he was? I know.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I you know from the stories these are the things that I knew about him. He was an entrepreneur, he was a businessman, he was uh he was a, a de facto politician, you know, in those in those Spaces where he was like the 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 mayor of the black side of town, though he didn't have an official you know position. Whenever something needed to be done, and on the black side of town, you go talk to my grandfather, and he would go and make things happen. He was uh, you know he he was a, a a person of the underworld. He did a he had he had gambling halls. He bootlegged uh... he was friends with the sheriff uh... they did a lot of little things there you know to do a combination of business and making sure the city ran according to the way that they wanted it to to be ran. and so that's uh... that's who he was he was a loving father uh... you know who you know and and a husband uh... but also was a person that took a lot of risk and i and i felt like that that fits you know who i who i became Uh, without necessarily having a father figure in my life. When I grew up, I grew up in a single parent household. So I got a lot of these kind of man things through osmosis, if you will. And I feel like I attributed a lot of that to uh, who I believe Babe was.
5: It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo. We're talking to Cedric the Entertainer.
7: You know, Cedric, you are a gifted storyteller, You're a movie star, you're a television star, uh, phenomenal stand-up. But this, this was a novel. How different was this process from the other projects that you always work on?
3: You know, totally different. I mean, in the sense that, you know, luckily for me, you know, that I do do a, a number of those things. I write and I direct. And so... I started this as a, you know, kind of a TV show concept idea. I, You know, I had the character and, the, you know, thought about this, you know, my connection to my grandfather, and I started to write this as a, uh, a TV show in my my early outlines of it. And then the opportunity came to write a novel and I thought, wow, that's so much more unique space because I could tell it in a little more long form. I can develop the characters out and I don't have to kind of put it in episodic, you know, like get you out of episode one and, and, you know, in this amount of minutes and then have you ready to go to the next one. I could just kind of tell a long form story. And so... Uh, that's really was the motivation. So I kinda had to learn of course uh that that process of what it is to, you know, take uh, storyline plot points, you know, uh and, and and you know, take my protagonist characters and, and lead them into directions that didn't get me locked in corners. And so that was the you know, the kind of greatest uh growth opportunity that I had by approaching it as a novel.
5: But having said that, um, do you plan on turning it into a movie or, or Indeed.
3: something like that? Indeed. I mean, of course, you know, I mean, anybody who's got the book and read it, they all kind of, all the all, all the responses, man, you teed us up to definitely want another one. So I mean, that's definitely you know, and you can visualize it as a you know, uh, my writing style is you can visualize it as a TV show. Um, you know, it's kind of like my my even in my stand up, I'm very descriptive and kind of painting the world and making sure you understand.
7: It's Cafe Mocha, Lonnie Love, Angelique, and Yo Yo on the line. We're talking to Cedric the Entertainer. Not only do you have a new book out, but you got some barbecue sauce. <laughs> that talk Uh-oh. about barbecued. I, I,
3: that, that's what I wanted to get to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, and my partner. You know, Anthony Anderson is uh, been one of the, a very good friend of mine many years, and so we actually, uh, do, you know, uh, do a lot of cooking and hanging out when we go on our golf trips. And so this idea of like creating something for the culture. Uh you know so many of our celebrity friends doing alcoholic brands and stuff like that, and we were looking for something that had that kind of reach but but was just different, and so uh, this idea of barbecuing, grilling, getting outside, throwing a oh, throwing a, a picnic where everybody come, uh, that is very much our culture. You throw some meat on the grill, you tell everybody I'm grilling today, somebody come through with the potato salad, somebody show up with the mac and cheese and, you know, some drinks, and next thing you know, we got a little party, and we just really felt like that was that's what the culture was. So AC Barbecue is really about the culture of barbecue. We got rubs uh, and sauces now. We so we're in Walmart. We're in like twenty nine hundred WalMarts. Uh, we got um, Lowe's and Home Depot coming up, and uh, it's steady growing the brand. Man, we we got spatulas and tongs and aprons and you know hot gloves. All these things are coming your way along with the grills themselves and and restaurants uh so we're really excited to you know make uh, several making several announcements about what we're doing podcast in the grilling space t v show talking about the 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 product so we we just out we just out here doing it man letting everybody know a c barbecue where is it rooted in culture by community
2: we're both aspire right aspire tv uh
3: no that's actually
2: on a and e oh a and e i'm on aspire tv i have a cooking show called downright delicious we got to bring you guys over there try out some of your barbecue sauce bring them in in the house anthony anderson and cedric the entertainer got a barbecue sauce i know the world to the name
7: Listen to the names of the seasonings. There are Let three available right yeah. now. The MVP yeah. seasoning. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: like Delicious. that's the one that yeah. says "Put
7: me
2: on everything." Wait, what's the MVP? Yeah, put
3: Tell me us on about the MVP. So the MVP is that that one general. It's kind of our Lowry's, if you will. That's the put me on everything. You can put it in, you know, put the MVP a little bit. It's the number one. It's the first one we we developed. Uh, it's got you know, uh, just you know a lot of the the the, the great base taste for meats and you know and and, and beefs uh so that you know it just kind of lifts up then we got the lemon stepper really great for your poultries and your fish uh uh-huh. that, that's our version of lemon pepper we call it the lemon stepper here come the high stepper murder. <laughs> yeah right murder and then we got midnight smoke so midnight smoke is you know again more you know the the, the Deeper cuts of meat, you know, be it the, the briskets and, you know, your pastrami's and all mm. that, so it lifts up a little bit more. Uh, a little more flavor, deeper, deeper flavors in there. Those are the rubs that we got out. Then we got sauces coming. We got the Carolina wine, and Ooh. we got the all-day, every-day coming.
2: And y'all <laughs> probably smoking that with some uh, Rodney Hubbard uh, cigars, huh?
3: Hey, well, you know that. <laughs> if you ride, ride my man, we got the entertainers that go over there popping. I got the set of wine. I got my wine from my, that I named after my mom, Rosetta, so set of wine we do. Uh, got beautiful wines uh, that you can that people can grab from, from smithdevereaux.com.
2: And listen, we have grown up to you, Cedric. I've been knowing you for so long in this industry. It's such a pleasure to see how far you've gone, how far you've been able to stretch your your brand, you know, to realize who you are as a young man, to grow up to be a, a great man in many aspects. I mean, you know, when you go back and talk about your family history, write a story about your grandfather, to be able to share your your food choices with the you know, with the fans. I think that's just amazing, Ronnie.
7: Cafe Mocha on the line, Lonnie Love, Angelique, and Yo-Yo with our man Cedric. His name Kyles. That, that's, the, yeah, that's
3: all government name. You see it on the book, do you? It was on the cover of the book. I had to put the government name on
2: there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your new name book. is Kyle. <laughs> His name is Kyle, it's, honey? It's,
7: Kyle's. it's Cedric Kyle. Cedric Kyle's. So when you go pick up his book, Flipping Box cars you're going to see it as a nice, um, an, a, but it also has Cedric the Entertainer, because I know some of y'all are a little slow out there. So yeah. like, me. <laughs> oh. You
3: know your people. You know your people. They need everything in audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
5: man. Me? You read the audiobook, all right? You read it yourself?
3: That's well uh, I did, did. I did do the audio book, and, and, I, and I actually was, uh, you know, the, the voiceover on it. So it was good. That was exciting to do, man. That was the first you know, time I heard the book myself.
7: Mm, you know, Cedric. You know, you and I both being stand-up comics. Uh, you've come a long way. Like Yo-Yo was saying earlier. Did you ever think that in your career you would be at this point in your life that you are right now?
3: You know, when you start this, of course not. You know, our I, I dreams usually a stand up is, to, you know, of course, you know, maybe get a TV show or land uh, on a sitcom or something, and you just kind of uh, see yourself kind of going along. But you know, all of the opportunities I've had.
7: is titled Flipping Boxcars, Cedric Kyle's, and his hot sauce or his barbecue sauce is called AC Barbecue. You can pick it up at all Walmart stores, also at www.acbarbecue.com. You know, Cedric, it is always a pleasure to talk to you, my brother. Thank you so much for taking time to come in and talk to us at Cafe Mocha. And good luck and keep reaching for the stars, brother.
3: I appreciate that. Thank y'all so much. Y'all keep it popping too. Everybody doing it. Love y'all. Everybody, you know, y'all y'all my girls. So let's go. Let's keep rocking. Thank
2: you. <laughs> Thank you. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio.
5: It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha, live from St. Jude's celebration. I'm here with Cam. How you doing?
8: I'm good. How you doing today?
5: I'm fine. Happy New Year.
8: Thank you. Likewise.
5: What's the plan for the year?
8: The plan for the year is to continue to be, strive to be the best version of myself and bless some people along the way. Great. So you're here at the St. Jude
5: celebration, and I'm curious, what brings you out?
8: I have a friend who is uh, a member of uh, the board, and years ago, she was trying to get me to to come down and and spend some time with St. Jude. And uh, I ran into her recently, and we revisited that conversation. And um, so so this year, I was able to attend, and you know, I you know. Any, any, any opportunity I have to um, use my platform to support people who are in need no matter what the cause is, I, I relish those opportunities. That's really, I, that, that's really what I believe we've been given platforms for. Um, so to be here this morning, my first introduction to uh, the St. Jude organization, the St. Jude movement, um, it's really overwhelming. As a father look, having children look, we got seven, me and my wife, between us we got seven, so, so having children I really understand that having a child is the greatest opportunity for love and the greatest opportunity for, uh, it's the greatest opportunity to, 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 to experience pain, you know what I'm yeah. saying um, um, the, it's the greatest opportunity to experience love and the, and joy and the greatest opportunity to experience heartache you know, uh, especially when you have a child who is who is sick. You know, even if they got a cold, yeah. right? And we're talking about cancer. We're talking about life-threatening illness, and an organization like St. Jude that is 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 helping people and supporting people, and people don't get a medical bill, and 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 giving you the emotional and spiritual support that you need to get something as as, as traumatic as traumatic as as life altering as having a child suffering from from a terminal illness, you know, what how, how do I you know how do I not how do I not show up for this? You know, how do I not show up for this?
5: Have you been to their campus yet?
8: We're going to the campus as soon as we leave here.
5: It's amazing. So thank you for being here, and I look forward to whatever relationship you build with St. Jude.
8: Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really an honor, and uh, St. Jude, God bless you for the work that you do and for allowing me to be a part of it in some small way.
5: Kim, thanks for taking time for Cafe Mocha at the St. Jude Celebration of Hope. We also talked to Kenny Lattimore. Happy New Year.
0: Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too.
5: So what do you got going on for the new year? What are you excited about?
0: Well, I'm excited about being here at St. Jude Celebration of Hope. It is uh, a wonderful organization that is uh, helping children in particular and their families to heal of some dreadful diseases like sickle cell anemia, which affects the African-American community tremendous amount and and different types of cancers which affect us all so uh, I'm excited that I'm starting the year out giving back and um, and there's music that I've got at the top 10 song right now never knew on the charts which I'm really excited about Uh, Daryl Simmons produced and um, I'm ready to hit the road I want to see people this year
5: well I'm not going to say take a dose went to number one but
0: yes thank you for that one too Uh, (laughs) after 25 years it's like uh, being in a position where uh, we're we're still producing new music and it's chart topping and people are embracing it is the best feeling ever (laughs)
5: and so talk about your long term relationship with St. Jude and what you've been doing
0: Um, I started performing and and making people aware of St. Jude personally uh, back during the pandemic and and so you're talking about, it's been about a four year for me, uh, but what's interesting is being here physically to tour the campus and everything, it, it really took my understanding of the love that was poured into this and the vision that was poured into it to another level. So uh, it is exciting to, to be here and know that everybody is aligned for this particular cause of, of helping children and their families.
5: As a dad, what does this place mean to you?
0: Wow, uh, groundbreaking, life-changing to know that if anything ever happened to my babies, that I would, I would want them to be here. I'd want to be here with them. I would want to go through the process uh, to, to think that um, music and the arts in general are so well-respected here in this organization as a part of the healing, and this is what I give. It, there's nothing like it.
5: I'm Angelique, and I got a chance to go to the St. Jude Celebration for Hope. Tons of black people there. And, you know, one of the things that I had no idea about is that They're over there curing sickle cell. I'm not kidding. We met a little boy who had sickle cell and now he doesn't. This was a mission for one of their black doctors, a mission that they continue doing after he passed. We all see the commercials on, so we know the kind of treatment that they give to children. The treatment is free. The housing is free. The food is free. But one thing the commercial doesn't talk about is the work they're doing with Sickle Cell. Before the weekend ended, I wanted to stop and talk to a few people about their thoughts and about, you know, what they took away from the weekend. And I got a chance to talk to Cynthia Washington, who listens to Cafe Mocha in Chicago. What was most impactful was the far reach that St. Jude has beyond the city of Memphis and hearing a story about one of their patients being out of state with no access to care, and they were able to reach back to St. Jude and got all the care he needed at the highest level that St. Jude offered was very, very impactful for free, what about the sickle cell angle? Did you know they were doing all this for sickle cell? I recently found out about the sickle cell research and the fact that uh, Dr. Rudolph Jackson led that years ago. A black man? A black man, and that um, and I have a relative who has sickle cell, so it became very important for me to be a part of it based on that. It's very personal. What's your name? My name is Shawnee. Okay, Shawnee, what's the most important thing you learned this weekend? When I heard that clinician give us the comparison about sickle cell uh, versus others, um, it made me want to do more and build awareness of our why and why we should never stop empowering each other, engaging with our community, and engaging with our own. I think the most powerful thing that clinician said was how, sh- how we are shame ashamed of sickle cell where other communities when you have a disease you just have a disease. We were ashamed because we weren't being helped. Think about it, right? So why tell them nothing was going to be done? Those clinicians, those doctors knew the assignment understands the assignment and so they're not going to send anyone away no matter the disease the color for free let's add that do you, we are live from saint Jude's celebration of hope what's your name where are you from my name is tanya hayes i'm from north carolina what part is anybody missing anybody? i'm from greensboro what's up what's in, in winston <laughs> yes. Yes. yes so what did you learn this weekend um, basically
6: just reinforcing, um, the sickle cell aspect of it. I know about the cancer because I'm a mother of a child who passed away from cancer, childhood cancer. So yeah, so I was already familiar with the, the cancer side of it, but shining a brighter light on the sickle cell part of it to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in this community. And like the clinician said of us being ashamed and not making it something that yes. we can't get help for that we can't ask for help for because I think we are already looked to be as a disadvantage having disadvantages and so the stigma of coming with us having something else going on with us um, is one of the reasons we probably ashamed of the disease but
5: yeah
2: here's your dose of espresso strong hot news now
5: this is the espresso the case against the man who killed jam master jay just kicked off and police had more than a few problems with this case
2: They had to secure a search warrant to scour the crime scene two days after the murder and admitted police took no photos of the fire escape leading into and out of the recording studio.
5: And remember that kid in Texas who got suspended from school over his locks? Well, his family is suing for discrimination and just got a trial date.
1: His family alleges that Abbott and Paxton are not enforcing the Crown Act. It bans race-based discrimination at schools and in the workplace by saying there can be no action taken against someone based on their hair texture or hairstyles, including locks and twists.
5: Saturday Night Live's Kenan Thompson has a book out called When I Was Your Age, and he talks about his falling out with Cal.
4: Originally, it was just us, you know, kind of looking for our own individualism, basically, as adults. Time passes, and more time passes,
5: and it just became ridiculous. They're back together now and recently did Good Burger 2 on Paramount+. Plus. That's the espresso. Cafe Mocha, Lonnie Love. Yo, yo, I'm Angelique. I got a chance to go to Memphis to the St. Jude celebration of hope. And I talked to Rashida S. Liberty of Sigma Gamma Rho. And the reason that you are sitting beside me is tell everybody how much money you have raised for St. Jude.
4: In total, we have raised quite a bit, but we did grant um, in the year of 2021, we stated that we would in commemoration of our centennial, commit $1 million on top of what we traditionally have done for our walk-run events. So we made a $1 million last year at the close of 2023.
5: Have any of the Divine Nine done that at this point Besides you?
4: I don't know if any Divine Nine organization has given a one-time gift of that magnitude. I do know that the men of Kappa Alpha Psi have been very substantial givers along the way, but we are definitely the first D9 sorority to make that commitment.
5: And let me ask you this. um, What got you guys involved with St. Jude to begin with?
4: We've been involved with St. Jude even before my administration. I believe in the last years, we have highlighted it more and more and tried to think more creatively about how we amplify our vision with, with, um, I was about to say, with Simi Gamero, with St. Jude Children's Hospital. Uh, Back in 2013, when I was the regional director, I made a commitment that I would amplify St. Jude quite a bit. And then fast forward, I became the national president. So I had the opportunity to really create that vision for the sisterhood.
5: Now, one of the things that concerns me, and we've heard it all weekend long, is that this was an institution from the beginning that brought in black children, black doctors who were working side by side at a time when that just wasn't done. It was a segregated South. So can you talk a little bit To specifically the black community about what St. Jude means to us?
4: Well, I believe sometimes we associate St. Jude with strictly childhood cancer. However, they are leading the way in sickle cell, and sickle cell impacts our communities the most. It's kind of like that silent conversation that we don't have about our children, but St. Jude is making strides to not only treat sickle cell, but they have made strides to cure sickle cell. So we need to put this message in our communities to say, this is a place where you can be healed and where you can receive
5: the right services and the treatments to make sure that your child lives even longer. And when we talk about the million dollars that you raised, um, what are some of the ra- the ways that you help raise that money? So we had a big
4: campaign around centennial giving for a hundred years to think about how we make impact for women but also make impact for youth and the safety and security of youth and one of those is their health and so we asked our members the hundred thousand strong inducted ladies of sigma gamma row to make a commitment and many of them were givers and we also had walk run events we had special chapter events we did a lot of creative hosting of ways to bring fundraising dollars in
5: Rashida S. Liberty of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority. If you want to donate or get involved with St. Jude, just go to stjude.org. It's Cafe Mocha Radio from a Woman's Perspective. It's Angelique. And if you didn't hear anything that I said this weekend or any of the guests said this weekend, hear this St. Jude is curing, has a cure for sickle cell. While I was in Memphis at St. Jude, I met a little boy and his mom. He went to St. Jude with sickle cell. He walked out healthy without sickle cell. Another thing that I learned while I was there is the commitment to treat black people. I mean, St. Jude was kicked off in the middle of Memphis in the segregated South. And when other people wouldn't treat black people, St. Jude would take black children. They had black doctors. Everybody was treating these kids. Everybody was working hand-in-hand with the black doctors. And that's major. And I know you've seen the commercial, but I'm going to give you the history lesson anyway. St. Jude was kicked off by a starving artist-slash-comedian named Danny Thomas. And the legend goes like this. Danny Thomas's wife had just had her first baby, Marlo Thomas, and he needed $70 to get his wife and daughter out of the hospital. He didn't have it. So he went and prayed to St. Jude and said, listen, man, if you get me this money, if you help me out, then I will do something in your honor. So a few days later, Danny Thomas winds up booking a gig, and guess what it pays him? $75. And so, I mean, you know, all of us pray and say, God, if you do this for for me, then I'll do that for you, and then we don't wind up doing it. But Danny Thomas kept his word. And I don't know what it was about a children's hospital that was the impetus for this, but ultimately that's what he decided he was going to do, that he was going to build a hospital that provided families transportation, housing, free food, and of course, free treatment. Everybody said he was crazy. Nobody believed it was happening. Everybody said he was crazy. But fast forward all these years later, and if you go to that campus, it looks like a college campus. It looks like the richest. Co- I don't think Yale is probably that big and that sophisticated. And I know we have all seen the St. Jude commercials with the sick children and their parents. Maybe you turn your head away. Maybe you've been meaning to give money. Go to stjude.org. Their philosophy is $1 from a million people is better than a million dollars from one person. So if you got a buck, log on to stjude.org. And if your child, if your 18 or under child has sickle cell, please Google... St. Jude Sickle Cell Program and click clinical trials. They take care of your airfare. They give you a place to live. The treatment is free. They even feed you. So again, go to stjude.org or if your child has sickle cell, Google St. Jude Sickle Cell Treatment. Until next time, you can follow us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. We can't emphasize enough that St. Jude is curing sickle cell in kids. For more information, go to stjude.org. Click on Explore Our Research. And while you're there, if you want to give a donation, go right ahead. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Super Radio. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit cafemocharadio.com.